0: Welcome to the Islam and Liberty Podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to support us, visit the islamandlibertynetwork.org. There is a donation button on the site. This episode, we have a recording of our 7th International Islam and Liberty Conference, The Islamic Case for Religious Freedom, held in Jakarta. Today, we have Azima Salim, a doctoral candidate in Center for West Asian Studies, School of International Studies, Jawaharlal Nehru University, New Delhi. She is part of a panel. Religious Freedom and Constitutional Frameworks chaired by Farah Nas Ispahani. The topic is Revisiting Religious Freedom in Secular and Islamic Constitution. If you're interested in reading her paper, it can be found on our website at islamatlibertynetwork.org or in the show notes.
1: Thank you so much, Chair, and a very good afternoon to all of you. Uh, Actually, I'll be speaking on the quest for inclusive, tolerant society with revisiting religious freedom in Islamic and secular constitutions. So basically, I'll deal with this idea of secularism, uh, how this idea of secularism in Islamic Uh, inculcate in the changing of the society. I have basically divided my whole paper into four different sessions. First session, try to understand what exactly is the secularism if we talk in the context of freedom of religion, which is specifically uh, politically divided into two major domains, that is separation of religion from the state, and secondly, it's an equal regard to all the religious belief in minority by the state. And then I'll deal about the Islamic constitutions which talk about how the Islam secure in the constitutions irrespective of their religious diversities and identity diversity. Second session of the paper actually deal with Second paper deals with the case study of Lebanon. Thus, in order to accommodate my idea of Islamic and secular constitutions, I have taken a case study of Lebanon and Syria per se. So, second part of my session will try to analyze what exactly, how to, uh, the constitution of Lebanon and how the religious diversities is impacting and making it secular quite functionable in the region. Similarly, on the similar context, the third session tried to deal with the political constitution of Saudi Arabia and how with respect to the Islamic constitution, the level of religious freedom has been possible and functional in the state. The last session basically tried to analyze how the comparative analysis of both the region between secular and Islamic uh, constitutions and how it is trying to make a society more inclusive in nature by looking by, by the both prism of uh, constitution, both prism of ideologies. So uh, starting with the secularist constitutions, I would try to understand that politically defining secularism, it's a political institution where there's no personal Personal desires and where the state is neutral with any inter- without any interference of religious or religious authority in the functionality of the government. In order to understand the secularism in the international context, I have tried to analyze six different types of secularisms which is functional in the society. First, I'll try to deal with the separate uh, separatism which actually separate the state and the religions and does not uh, does not have any sort of inclination with religion and religious conflict and does not influence the state functionary. Second is the dis- establishmentarianism which try to disentangle the state and the religious institution. Third is Lasset which is also very much related to the French sort of secularism. For this accommodationism which try to accommodate the religion and the public good and how one can be very much uh, benefited and promoted by the state as long as it does not hurt the privilege or the sentiments of any minority constitution, minority status. Uh, the fifth is the non-cognizant secularism which try to realize that what kind of religious concern that the religious freedom and religious minorities, So they try to maintain a neutralism and there. So the last is the state sponsored atheism. It does not deal with any sort of religious identity. It tried to stay away from all sort of religious uh, aspects. So when we talk about secularisms, we have actually understand that this idea of secularism changes with the society in nature and functionality even throughout this evolution it has changed till now depending on the state depending on the country what kind of place this idea has been functioning it changes from place to place so in order to understand this I'll try to trace back the historical development which was during at the time of John Locke who has actually tried to distinguish between the state institution and the religion there was a couple of things which actually gave rise to this idea which was too much, of inter, too much of interference or intervention of religion in the, state inter, uh, in the state institutions, which was creating a lot of problem. Then there was an advancement of scientific knowledge. Then there was the, the, the religious intolerance, which declined. And the idea the, from there, the idea of secularism actually developed. So in order to understand this, uh, they, they actually laid a basic objectives to form this. Secularism, in order to avoid any kind of trinity or illusions from this religions, this idea came into an evolution. And the foundational principles which it laid, it was a universal principle of social organizations that have to be antithetical to the religious institutions, which is based upon faith. As Neera Chandok has very finely quoted that secularism is all about social organization it's all about social process it's all about privatization of the religion she said that if the state is quite secular in nature it should not pronounce its personal faith it should not follow any personal rituals it should not have any specific religion and it should not be of any one religion it should be based on the principles which is also of equality and non discrimination in uh, to any sort of uh, uh, any sort of religion if we try to see secularism in the context of India, like it is also very much very prominent in the contemporary scenarios. But if you try to understand, not in the contemporary scenario, but if you try to understand the trace of secularism in India, it uh, Donald, uh, Donald Smith has argued that uh, Indian secularism was based on two important aspects. That was Sarva Dharma somehow equal regards for all the... Uh, religion and nirpakishta non-discriminations to any religious identity so on the basis of two different aspects this all idea of secularism was formed but which is not uh which has been becoming very problematic with the contemporary government which we can see it very easily with the coming of this government but Somehow, this idea of secularism was very much based on these two aspects when we talk about in the context of Indian society. Secondly, he has tried to set this idea into three different relationships. He said that if we talk about any sort of religion, uh, secularisms, there should be three different aspects. First, if you talk about uh, first, is religion and individuals, when we talk about religion and individual, the person should have a Complete freedom of indiv- uh, religion. Uh, what religion he wants to follow, how he wants to follow, it should be a complete independent or his own personal uh, choice. Second, it talks about state and individual. State should have should be the state should give the citizenship right to the citizen in order to understand what is the basic and natural rights, right to live, life to profess, right to propagate any religion. They should not have any interference in the day-to-day functioning. Third, when it talks about the state and religions, it also talk about separation between state and religions. That is the major argument of, and if it is not separating, then they should provide an equal regard to all the states. So if we try to speak secularism in a general aspect, Anita Chandrog had also argued this idea of pluralisms when we are functioning in a society very, which is very diverse in nature. She said that if uh, society like India, which is actually quite plural in nature, she said three things we have to follow, which is very important. First is pragmatic. Pragmatic, one right, uh, one group should not have, should have to respect any laws, any provisions, any ideas which has been made. It should not be defaming or impacting the other society. Second, it's descriptive society descriptive society, the major or the majoritarian identity should not be so empowered to, uh, to dominate the weaker uh, identity. Then she talks about a monoculture society that the society, one system should not be allowed to flourish so much that the other, the values, the cultures, the language of other should not be uh, Compromised on that aspect. So, in order to understand this idea of secularisms, there are three, uh, there are basic aspects which we need to follow if we are following in a democratic society. There should be a society tolerance. There should be a freedom of consign. There should be an equality, liberty, freedom of thought and expression, protection of fundamental rights regardless of their belief. So, but despite of this, there are a few of the limitations when we talk about this idea of secularism, especially in a diverse society, especially in the society which, is, uh, which has the religious diversities, like different society coming, different religion coming together, overlapping political, social and economic aspects can actually create a problem in forming this, uh, in practicing this idea of secularism. So one need to have this common universal values from which one need to understand what exactly is, what? how to respect each other. So in case when the state is linked with the religion, it should be based on the spirituality rather than the rituality of the religion. We have understood religion in two aspects. We try to understand religion in two aspects. One is rituality, another is spirituality. Until unless we don't have the spirit or the essence of a religion it is very difficult to follow the rituals and, bes- and absence of any sort of spirit or the essence because ultimately if we see different religions throughout the world, the basic essence, the moral, ethical and uh, ethical values of all the religions are somehow similar to each another. So we need to keep intact the idea or the spirit of a religions, because tradition in every religion vary from one religion to another. So in order to keep this idea, the sense of spread, we need to follow this uh, ritual in that sense. Uh, beside that, if uh, coming towards the Islamic constitution, I have uh, dealt with this Islamic constitution basically designed by the Sharia and the solely followed by Islamic law, respective of religious diversities and religious freedom. So, what I have tried to understand with the Islamic constitution is through the Professor Kamali, he has defined Islamic constitutions by the government committed by enforcing the law of Islamic, uh, Islam Islamic. He has said that the foundation theory of Islam has to be based on three important things. One is Ummah, second is Sharia, third is Khilafat. But how these three things has to be formed. When we talk about Ummah, during Prophet Muhammad the Ummah was formed to make a community. It was to make a community which was based on different tribes, different people to come under one umbrella, to come under one um, uh, umbrella of universal of God. So with this idea, the concept of Ummah actually came to an emerge. Then comes it and it's also a source of unifying social bond rather than a religion. So this categorization has to be marked as a distinction with other religious and political identity. Then. Try to understand exactly the Sharia. It's a principle on morality, dogma, as well as practical legal, which define in Quran and Sunnah. It is also one of the principle sets that commands and prohibits to do. You have to do this. Is this set sort of things, but it should not be so brutal in nature that it started creating problem and sort of imposing a fear among other persons. It is very important for a person to understand what exactly is the uh, what exactly is good for them. Thirdly, the khilafa. In order to make this thing functional, we need a political leader. But how this political leader is established, we need to understand that, which we, which we which I'll try to argue it when I come to the case of my political constitution in Saudi Arabia. Uh, looking back into the political constitution of Lebanon, we uh, tracing back towards the history, we would like to see that. Lebanon is a country which is also a French colonial rule. And if you try to see the composition of the the political constitution of Lebanon, it has different distinctions. Like the the post of the president is, uh, is for the Christian Maronite. The post of the prime minister is for... Uh, the Sunni Muslim and the post of the Speaker of Parliament is by Shia Muslim. So this division of power based on the religious identity was actually established by the colonial legacies during the independence of 1943 through the National Pact. So how this has been becoming a very important aspect in making the religious identity so much conscious in the Constitution. Uh... This, this composition was actually made on the demographic features. So there was a point in Lebanon with, when, they have, when they had an undeclared policy of census, which said that they cannot declare the census in order to avoid any sort of instability or chaos in the society. But ultimately that chaos came, which led to a 15 year war from 1975 to 1989. And when this war was concluded, it was concluded by the Taif agreement, which was again on the same pattern. The president was Maronite Christian. The prime minister was Sunni Muslim. The sh- sh- speaker, uh, speaker of the parliament, was Shia Muslim. But the power equation changed. Earlier, when the president was getting the more power, the power shifted to the prime minister. So again, that sense of power equation has actually deepened the under deepened the uh, the sense of uh, changes among the society. How the people has been looking towards the constitutions. That how the cons- uh, how the religious. Con- uh, Sentiments are reflecting with the society. So there were other aspects as besides this political compositions there was and the change in the demographic is also the causes of so many reasons like uh, uh, Palestinian issues. There was a, a Syrian invasion, then there was an attack by Israel. So then Hezbollah issues. So there were so many issues which actually changed the demographic features, which ultimately led to the change in the power structure of the constitution. So beside that, there were different problems, uh, different aspects, which led to this strengthening of this composition was one of the important factor, which I said is a political feminisms. Like there is a kinship, a so-called elected country has a kinship, which is actually formulated in the moralities, norms and ideas of kinship with the political practices. But how these religious institutions, religious leaders, they get linked with this kind of uh, uh, this kind of kinship. When we talk about the religious groups in Lebanon, they have a very strong affiliations with the constitution. If in Lebanon there are 18 recognized sex and every individual has to affiliate themselves to a specific religion in order to get all the civil institutions so technically all the civil institutions are institutionalized by the religious institutions suppose if you want to get married the marriage law if the marriage if a person is a muslim or a sunni muslim he has to affiliate themselves to a sunni uh, sunni religious leaders to get up to get Married or to follow that marriage rule of law. If the person is from other sub, other minority groups. The problem rises when there is other minority groups. That other religious people group. Suppose Bahai. Bahai is not recognized by Lebanon constitution. So they have to affiliate themselves to a Shia majority. Because it's a larger group which is actually affiliated by the constitution. So basically they are connecting the, the the religions are connect, religious leaders are connected to the constitutions in order to get individual affiliation. So basically, a family is forming a basic unit, and it's very difficult to cut across and make intercross religion uh, transformation from one another, which is not a problem, which is which will be a problem in the coming future because you are just giving a one single direction without any interference or. Cross connections with each other are able to understand. Suppose if someone wants to marry in outside their religion, how they are going to do that? It's actually not uh, encouraged. It's usually demotivated because of the, because of these ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, uh, second, the main objective. But when we talk about Lebanon, the main objective is to promote and encourage tolerance, dialogue, mutual respect among the. Religious groups, how these interactions can be different from official and in religious individuals and to constitute a promote religious. Now I'll try to come back, uh, try to understand the political constitution of Saudi Arabia. It is completely based, it tried to base their whole development on the basis of religion. It tried to take it validation. In Saudi Arabia, religion play a very important role in modelling not only individuals' life but also the collective identities, which is also a very important consolidation for their national values so this idea of religious pluralism does not function in this country the non muslims who has been functioning there does not have any any freedom to profess propagate and to and to rule according to their own uh, and to practice freedom according to their own understanding so this idea of free, religious freedom in saudi arabia is completely absent and if you are from a non muslim background and specifically if you are from if you are not a sunni muslim because shias are equally or mistreated in, uh, treated badly or mistreated in Saudi Arabia just because on the base of their identity or the sectarian identity. The sense of sectarian identity is also very much uh, problematic. They are not able to deal with the, uh, they, they, they are not able to take them as their own person. So this idea of Islamic constitutions which they profess, it's not being fulfilled here. They talk about Omar. they talk, they follow the law of Sharia. Which is problematic throughout the because the kind of constitution they follow is completely different from what exactly is defined in the uh, Muslim or, or the Islamic constitutions. It is what I felt that it is exactly the constitution of the convenience by the, uh, by the power. So in order to un- they have also done so many things like political feminism, which is also through the uh, through 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 traditional families, uh, are the political alliances, it is also through the high education, their education is also very much censored, their media is censored, in which they provide a similar or the specific set of religion, which says that you have to follow this, this and this, without any space for other religion to practice, to promote, e- even during the Friday prayer, all the shops are shut down, despite of knowing the fact that this shop has not been owning by a Sunni Muslim. So... Similarly, if you try to understand the state and society of Saudi Arabia constitutions, it provides supremacy to the principle of Quran and Sunnah, but their rules is basically formed on on sustaining how the monarchy can maintain in the society. So, in order to understand these three things, that in both the constitutions, there are problems. The religious freedom, according to in 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 Lebanon and in Uh, Saudi Arabia is trying to do according to the convenience of a politics, uh, of the political power to remain in the constitution. There is one more, one of the most important thing which I figured out was conversion. Conversion in Saudi Arabia is considered as something which is blasphemy, which cannot, which is something to be uh, persecuted, it should not be uh, meant in some... It's not easily acceptable. Similarly, if you try to understand the secular idea of uh, Lebanon, defaming any of the religion or impacting any public order because of the religion is actually criminalized in nature. So, secondly, uh, the freedom to practice religion is quite different from both of it. And uh, they try to strengthen the due to political... Feminism. Uh, I would like to say that the freedom religion, the the significance of freedom of religion is to practice and equal regards for all the religion, and it's a basic and fundamental right for all the citizens, and it actually makes a society more inclusive in nature rather than more exclusive. By analyzing the secular state of Lebanon and Saudi's uh, Islamic state of Islamic state of Saudi Arabia, the best ingredient is to provide equal regard. But in that case. Uh, one is providing partially, the other is absent. And there are so many things which is happening. So the restriction of religious freedom and pluralism can create a sense of religious uh, intolerance and mistrust among the various identities. Thank you. Thank you very much. On the concept of freedom within Islam or in the session, freedom within Islamic State or the Islamic Constitution, how far is that Freedom. Because in the previous session um, by Ali Hazania, he said that once you choose to become Muslim, you are somewhat bound by the principle. But then I, as a constitutional lawyer, I say the state cannot pray, the state cannot believe, because the state is not human being, the state is an institution. So then the state will, I'm sorry, I'm using this bad word, manipulate or well, hegemon, the interpretations of the religion. Can you Yeah, so how would you react to that? Uh, Regarding the freedom within the Islamic states, you are trying to understand what exactly the freedom is. What I believe from my study that freedom is something which you are free to follow or obey your own principles, irrespective of the religion you are born in, irrespective of the race, color, or ethnicity you are born in, but what exactly it is defined by you, uh, defined by the principles like having a moral values, ethical values, doing good, forbidding evil. These kind of things should be a principle set rather than something which is very much predefined by the states that you have to follow this. If you are not followed this, then you have to stay inside. The, uh, then, then the religion is completely a private sphere. Like the case of the Saudi Arabia, if you are not a Sunni Muslim or if you are not a Muslim, you are not allowed to practice your religion in public sphere. You have to keep your religion into completely private sphere, which is actually, you know, the, the, the problem of creating inequality among the different religious identity. And Islam does not talks about inequality in any form, whether if you are b- belonging to a non-religion. In the previous uh, sessions also, we talked that if, if we cannot force someone to change their relationship, uh, religion and we cannot ask someone to come into a religion until unless they, are, they themselves are very much convinced. So what I understand from freedom is they are free to profess and propagate their own religion in their own manner, which is defined by their set of principles.
0: If you enjoyed and would like to explore more, visit islamandlevitynightwork.org. You can also support us through a donation button on the site. Thank you for listening to this podcast.